Greetings, my name is Dave. And I'm Stacy. Welcome to the Plants Change My Life podcast. We are a husband and wife team living in Houston, arguably the barbecue capital of Texas, who share a passion for good food and holistic wellness. We are on a mission to inspire people to live their best lives through healthy food choices, one meal at a time. In this podcast, you will hear stories about how real people have experienced awesome changes by embracing a plant-based diet. Today, we're talking to a man who is killing the dead body stereotype since changing to a vegan diet. But even bigger, he now emanates contagious joy, energy, and passion. The father of two says he has a whole new worldview that all began with a simple text from his brother. So grab your tea and take a seat. Here's his story. Rafael Ruiz, a Houston father who has lost weight and found tremendous compassion in his plant-based journey. He recently celebrated his first year of embracing a vegan lifestyle. We are so excited to have him with us to talk about how plants have changed his life. Welcome. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So first, tell us a little bit about where you're from. So I'm from Houston. I'm a native Houstonian, so I've been here pretty much all my life. And and who or what inspired you to get started on this plant-based journey? So one night, my brother sent me a text message, and it in the text message, he had a trailer for um, the <clears throat> for the documentary Food Choices, and he said, "Hey, you should check out this documentary because I'm thinking about eating this way." And Food Choices talks mostly about eating plant-based, and it talks about how, you know, the choices of food that you make affects your, your health and the environment and animals and stuff like that. And so I watched the trailer, and then I ended up watching it. It was on Netflix at the time. So I watched the trailer and then, and then the documentary. And after I finished the documentary, I said, I'm done. So I pretty much right then gave up all animal products. And, and, and I did it not because of the animals, but I did it for my health because I was like, I didn't want to see myself in the future have health problems down the road. You know, I don't want to be like 65, 70 years old and having to take a lot of pills and stuff like that. And that was even before I watched, you know, What the Health and some of the other ones where they really go into that. So I just, I wanted to kind of avoid any future health issues. And so that was kind of where it started was from that that documentary, you know, my brother sent me that text. So I've been forever grateful to him for that. And he didn't, he didn't do anything. He just sent me that, but it was up to me to use that. It was up to me to watch the documentary and then take that information and do something with it. So it's like giving somebody a tool, you know, you can give them a tool, but what they do with it is what matters. So was he in the journey as well or, or, no, 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 he just, he said he was thinking about eating that way, and I don't remember what his reasoning was for it, but he, uh, you know, he's, he's not, he and his wife, they don't, you know, they eat, they eat more vegetables and stuff, but they still eat some meats and things, but he was really, really, he's always telling me how proud of me he is, just for, like, literally jumping off a cliff 
and, and just going right into it. So, and I was, I was actually 99% vegan for a while because I would go to Torchy's Tacos and eat their fried avocado tacos until I found out that the, the avocados, mm. well, I, I knew that they were dipped in egg batter. And at some point I was like, okay, I got to I got to make that switch and just, just not eat those anymore. So now I get them with the fresh avocado because mm-hmm. it's still good. So what have been some of the, the, the differences that you've found since making that transition? Um, one is I've been eating a lot more food. And I guess more different types of food. I've been opening myself to foods that I've never eaten before. And then I will look at things that I've eaten my whole life, like, you know, vegetables or whatever, or even some. So I, one night I had a bowl of grape nuts. And I was looking at it, and I'm like, why am I just going to eat a plain bowl of grape nuts? So I put in ground flax seeds, chia seeds. I put in some hemp hearts, and I put some maple syrup in there. And I'm like, that's a bowl of grape nuts. So things like that, where I, I look at foods that I've been eating before, and then even new ones that I've started eating, and just kind of combining them. But probably the biggest difference is running. So I, I would, if I wanted to run like any kind of lengthy distance, like even just a mile, I would have to build up to running that mile over a course of a few days. And so I ran before I went on vacation a couple, or last summer, and when and I was able to like not even able to run a mile I would have to run in like intervals and stuff you know just to get there and then five weeks later I ran again and in that five week time period I went plant-based started eating plant-based so five weeks later wasn't able to run a mile before five weeks later I ended up running three miles and then I went another five and a half weeks before I ran again and I ran four miles and then two days later, I ran f- uh, five miles. And since then, I've run seven miles. I've run 10 miles. Like, I just kind of set these goals. Like, you know, when I ran the seven miles that night, I wasn't planning on running seven miles. I was planning on running three. Because when I go run, I kind of, I have this thing where I don't allow anything less than three miles. Because that's basically like a 5K. And, and I know I can do it now. Mm-hmm. But that first run, after, after going out of town and coming back five weeks later and running, I think I posted on Instagram and I said, I think there's something to this plant-based thing, you know, this plant-based lifestyle. It has to be because I couldn't run like that before. So that was, that's the biggest thing for me is, is as far as health. And then, and then of course, making a connection with animals just kind of came along after that. So what, what were some of the, the, did you have any like uh, challenges making the transition? And if you did, what were, how did you overcome those challenges? Not really. I mean, because I, you know, like I said, I just kind of jumped off a cliff with it and just went right into it. I guess the biggest challenge is is keeping all my dishes clean. (laughs) (laughs) Because I, you know, I mean, I I make so much, I prep a lot of food at home. And I, well, I don't really prep. I just, you know, I'll I'll be cooking things and making food and, and it's just me there. So, I have to clean all the dishes, you know, and I'm the one that's making all the food. And sometimes I'll get my son to help, but you know, it's just keeping the dishes clean, mm-hmm. you know, because I try to eat as much of my own food as I can, try not to eat out too much. Um, but then with all these vegan, you know, pop-ups, you know, that's kind of kind of hard to avoid that sometimes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but as far as other challenges, um, I guess just, you know, I guess doing the food prep, you know, not that I can't do it, I just don't make myself do it. So some, because like, I don't have like a 
schedule or like regular things that I eat all the time and or stuff like that. It's just every day is kind of random <laughs> in mm-hmm. a way. So. so do you ever like have cravings for something that you used to just love? And like, how do you handle that? Not really, because like mm-hmm. I mean, I one of my favorite things to eat was a bacon egg and or a bacon cheeseburger with a fried egg, and so, you know, I loved bacon. I used to eat bacon a lot, mm-hmm. and I don't crave it anymore. I don't get a craving for like, oh, I really miss bacon. I love the flavor because I replaced it with so many other things. I started eating more, you know, whole food, plant based. Um, not that I eat that way all the time, but I know that when I eat that way, especially when I eat raw foods, mm-hmm. I feel so much better. And, you know, I hear a lot of, on podcasts, people talking about when you eat plant based, you start eating all these new foods that you haven't eaten before and, and really transitioning it eating animal products into eating plant-based products that your palate changes. Mm -hmm. And I found that to be very true. You start craving all of these newer foods that you're eating. So you don't want to have that burger anymore. You know, you want the salad with, you know, the fresh vegetables on it and stuff. So I don't really, I mean, I, I started making salads, you know, every once in a while when, before I went vegan and, and I would put, you know, chicken on it or shrimp or, or, um, maybe tuna. And when I would eat it, I was like, man, this is really, really good. So if I crave anything, it's a salad, but it's not the, the meat that's on the salad. It's the salad itself because mm-hmm. it's everything else. Because now I just put a ton of vegetables on it. And, you know, I put lemon juice and um, apple cider vinegar and um, balsamic vinegar. Those are, that's my dressing. Mm-hmm. And I've also been uh, cooking with no oil lately too. So, so a lot of people that haven't taking this plant-based journey, they're kind of like, you're vegan. What are you actually eating? What are you, like, what are you eating? Like, what are you, so for people who don't know, like, what Mm. does a day in the life of your eating look like? Like, what are you having for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? So I don't usually eat breakfast because I try to incorporate intermittent fasting. And so, I mean, when I do, I usually will eat oatmeal. Um, and then like, I do, I do eat a lot of oatmeal, but I usually eat it in the afternoon. So something that is kind of a that I'm doing every week is either eating overnight oats or chia pudding and experimenting with the chia pudding, like making, getting like kiwis or strawberries or some other fruit and blending that up with the nut milk, you know, usually almond milk and making that as kind of the liquid base for it and mixing it in with all the other things. And so it kind of gives a different flavor. And one of the things that I think that's probably what I love the most in the world is peanut butter. I love peanut butter. So that and follow your heart, um, veganase, mm-hmm. that stuff is just, I put that on a lot of things. So, but I'm, I try to eat, you know, sweet potatoes every once in a while. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that I should be eating more of that I don't. Like I said, it's just, it's kind of random every day. I mean, some night I might just decide I want to chop up a sweet potato and throw it in a skillet with some, you know, tahini and lemon juice or something. And and mix it up. And it's usually the things that I just throw together that end up tasting the best. So I wish I could give you an answer of like, this is what a typical day looks like for right. me, but it's, uh, it's not really that way. So it's just kind of random. Like I said, I don't really make myself food prep, so mm-hmm. it's kind of difficult, but that's, the, that's again, but my biggest challenge. So do you have any like favorite dishes that you really love? Like, like, recipes that you really love right now? Um, I make a vegan queso that everybody seems to like. 
So I've actually been making it for people. I've been making it for people at work, too. I actually had two non-vegans at work tell me that it was the best queso they've ever had. And so a few days later, I made a batch just for them, and I brought them each a mason jar full of, um, you know, full of the queso. And then there's a woman in our office that just started working there, and she said that she wants to go vegan, and you know we've been talking about that, and I've been getting excited for her, and I'm excited to be able to talk to her about it. So I brought her some queso on Friday, and then there was a guy that was kind of filling in up there, and he tried it, and he he had this completely shocked look on his face when he when I told him that it wasn't dairy. So that's probably the biggest thing. Um, but uh, yeah, anything with peanut butter in it too. <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah, I do that a lot. So. So did you did you cook before you were um, did you like cook a lot before you um, went to this vegan lifestyle? Not too much, and but you know when I was cooking before, I was cooking a lot of the same things. I was making a lot of you know like I would make a lot of wraps with chicken and and you know some vegetables and maybe black beans like refried black beans and uh, cheese because I would eat a lot of cheese. Um, but yeah, I ate a lot of chicken, ate tuna fish, you know, I wasn't, I've never really been much of a steak person. Um, so I would eat, but I like cheeseburgers. Um, but yeah, I, I, and you know, they talk about how, I mean, I've just, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and you hear people talk about how you just eat so many varieties of food now as a, as compared to eating the same things over and over again. And it's so true because I was always eating the same things over and over again. There's a lot to explore. There is, and there's still so much more out there too. So I've been getting into eating, trying to, uh, you know, doing jackfruit more. Mm -hmm. So not, you know, either trying it at a vegan pop-up and buying some on, you know, on my own. Okay, there is one thing, tofu. I eat a lot of tofu. So not like every day, but I've been, you know, playing around with that. And I bought an air fryer recently, so that's fun. It's amazing yeah. what you can do with an air fryer. Mm -hmm. Like... And you were talking about you were starting to do the no oil. Yeah. And so you, it's like less, you can fry stuff without putting it in a bunch of oil, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I even like if I do something in a skillet, because um, I do uh, mushrooms, like I'll do sauteed mushrooms, and I just put water in there. And then um, I, you know, when I put the sweet potatoes in the oven, sometimes I would just put water in there and they would stick to the you know, pan a little bit, but not enough to where it's not good. Because I've made um, sweet potato tacos quite a few times. Just dice them up, put them in the oven. And so now I haven't done the sweet potatoes in the air fryer just yet because I just bought it a few weeks ago and haven't really played around with it too much. Um, but it's not that hard to cook without oil. So you have two children. Mm -hmm. What has been their response to your lifestyle change? Like, are they on? Are they like excited? Are they on board with you? I think they're excited for me and happy for me. They don't may not always say it, um, but. One of my friends overheard my son tell his friend that he was glad that I went vegan because I make a lot of food and I make good food. And so, you know, he always eats that way with me. And then the, the school that my daughter's at, they have a vegan line. And so she's, you know, she's becoming kind of more aware of, uh, you know, uh, I guess being compassionate and everything about her food choices. Like she doesn't eat beef anymore originally because it upset her stomach and then now it's like you know she says because cows are cute Aww. you know so that's so I mean you know that's good but they have a vegan line at her school so she goes to that a lot and then over the summer she dyed her hair and she sent me a um a little uh she sent me um the bottle 
and picture of the bottle and it said vegan on it. So, she, and, and then, and also the company that makes it gives back. And so there's, they're starting to, I've seen them start to make more conscious decisions on things that they do. And then for my son's birthday, he asked me if we could find a place that has uh, vegan options, which I thought that was really cool. So we, we ended up going to a sushi place, but I reminded him that I said, Hey, they have a good avocado roll. So that's what he got. And I enjoyed that. But yeah, it's, it's, it makes me really happy to see them making, you know, some of these decisions on their own. And, uh, you know, they've gone to me with, or they've gone with me to um, Rowdy Girl Sanctuary to volunteer there. And my son and I started doing that a lot. So that's been, you know, nice to do that and share that with them. So how did you get connected with the, with the, um, like the rescue organizations along your path? So there's a, there was a woman that I was following on Instagram and she was always posting pictures of her at an animal sanctuary. And I didn't realize at the time, but she like worked there. And so I kept seeing all these pictures and I was thinking, man, that would be really cool to go visit an animal sanctuary and like be there with the animals. So I've never really been around, you know, animals that much, not farm animals. And so I just Googled, you know, farm animal sanctuary, animal sanctuary in Texas. And I came across Rowdy Girl and I went to their calendar and saw that they were having an event. So went to the event and then the next, I think a couple of weeks later or something, they were having a tour. So I took both of my kids there to do the tour. And then after that, I started volunteering and I started volunteering there. I was there probably every weekend for about two and a half or three months. Wow. And I, I just, I got to the point where it was like, I can't not be there, you know? Mm -hmm. And so now, now they've moved um, because they were, they were about to get flooded for the third time down in Angleton. And I don't remember where, where it is at their hour now. It's out towards Austin, but you know, there it's really hot out there and you know, they need hay and stuff like that for the cows. So they're, um, they're trying to get some help. So you know, if anybody out there is wanting to do something, you know, not everybody has the opportunity to go volunteer at uh, sanctuaries, but you can, you know, uh, help with donations. So, and then there's also the Houston Mini Pig Rescue that we've been trying to do a lot of work for lately. And they, they're in a position right now where the place that they're at, they, you know, they have neighbors that aren't as, you know, desirable. But the biggest issue is they have uh, where the road is, the land comes down beneath the road or below the road. So when it, they get a heavy rain, all the rain comes down and comes through the pig pens and everything, and it floods near the back of the property. And they just, they really want and need their own space so that they can do the things that they want to do, so they can give the pigs a lot more room and give them the, you know, the space to run around and, and, and do that. So... Um, they could really use some help too, you know, with fundraising and their Houston mini pig is, uh, their Instagram tag. And then, um, they're also on Facebook and it's Houston mini pig and rescue or Houston mini pig rescue and network. That's what it is on okay. Facebook. Okay. So they take donations through PayPal and also through Venmo. Okay. Well, that's cool. I didn't even know about, I, I, I didn't know about those organizations. Like it's something new, uh, and the rowdy girl thing, I definitely want to get when they when they're situated. Take our little ones there to see. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really nice. It's it's really it's a good way to, for one, you know, I mean, they have volunteer opportunities, and then they also have tours. So, 
you know, if you want to come out and take a tour and just see the property and see the animals and kind of hear about what they're doing and what their mission is and everything, then you can go out there and do that. And then there's volunteer opportunities where you can come out and, uh, you know, help feed the animals and, you know, to kind of see what it's like every day for, for them to take care of the animals. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of farm animal sanctuaries out there that, you know, they, uh, they, they need help. And, you know, it's sometimes it's just a few people doing all the work. So they, you know, volunteering is really good too. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely have to get into that when the weather gets cooler. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, with that, I mean, the question is, where do you see um, as this plant-based and vegan lifestyle starts to? We know that it's it's progressing real fast, mm-hmm. and even bigger companies are starting to get in, and um, like. That means there's shifts in in how these companies operate. Even car companies, we've seen car companies are going vegan in their um, yeah. cars, and and uh, so as this shifts, you'll see less and less like these farms will ha- the animals like will have to something will have to be done with the animals. Where do you yeah. see that going? Like where like is there anything that you kind of think of or think about as far as like how we can transition into allowing these animals to become. Um, I guess these farms have become more productive and do things positive with the animals. Oh, yeah. There's actually, uh, so Rowdy Girl Sanctuary, the founder of Rowdy Girl Sanctuary is Renee, Renee King. And she developed and came up with the um, rancher advocacy program. And so what their goal and what their mission is, is to go talk to these ranchers. Because what happens on these on these ranches is, you know, these these ranchers, they don't, they don't hate their animals, you know, they love their animals, but it's their business to sell their animals. And that's, that's, that's what was going on at Rowdy Girl. And then she connected with the animals and said, this has to stop, we're not doing this anymore. So they, they became an animal sanctuary. So through the Rancher's Advocacy Program, that's what she's trying to help these other ranches do, is let's find ways for them to transition from, you know, sending off their babies and sending off their animals and, and, you know, find a different way for them to be sustainable and use that land. So there's, there's one out in Arkansas where they had three large, I think it was like 50,000 um, square foot chicken houses. And so they, I, I don't know what they did with the chickens. I think they maybe tried to find homes for them at other sanctuaries or something. But now they're wanting to transition this farm and grow hemp and mushrooms, organic and veganic hemp and mushrooms in these houses that are perfect for that. So she's working with them to transition to that. There's also another one out in um, Giddings, Texas, and they're transitioning into you know a sanctuary. So her mission and her goal with through the Ranchers Advocacy Program is to help all of these you know farms do that. So that's that's what I see. I see um, you know that mission. Like somebody's kind of already started that you know, and and so but we can all you know do our part to help too. You know, just by getting the word out there and, and, you know, spreading awareness. I love the Rowdy Girl story. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, I think she was at an event that we did, and we got one of her calendars, and our girls just love that calendar with all the animals in it. Mm-hmm. So it would be cool to actually get out there. And Yeah. And one of the things that we're doing for the Houston Mini Pig Rescue also, because we're kind of all here in Houston is we've got um, some places that we're trying to get donation jars out there so that people can help donate and give money and everything. And then I have a friend that um, lives here in Houston, and she's doing a lot of work reaching out and, you know, trying to help get people to to see, you know, 
that they need help. And she's reaching out to a lot of people, not just here, but like all over the world, literally, and trying to get people to come in and together and help them out. So there's, you know, like I said, all these, all these animal sanctuaries could use help, you know, in one way or another. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's a, that's a great mission. Um, what, like for people who are thinking about taking the plant-based journey or who might be having some doubts along the way, mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite inspirational resources that you can share? Documentaries and podcasts. So like I said, for me, it started with food, the Food Choices documentary. So, you know, our health is very important. So, you know, it, it seems like, or you'd think that, you know, that would be a big motivator for people to want to be healthier, to want to be around longer for their kids, you know. And it, it costs a lot more to pay medical bills and to pay for medication and things like that. So a lot of times, I mean, like for me, I had no idea, you know, none of this information not that it wasn't available, I just didn't know and nobody told me. So there's a lot of podcasts out there with a lot of information and then there's the, you know, the documentaries. So I would just recommend that if anybody is even considering it, just to educate yourself in any way that you can. You know, read things online too. Talk to other people. If you know somebody that's vegan, that's, you know, they talk about word of mouth. That's kind of like word of mouth. You know, you talk to people and the more you talk to them, the more you're around them, the more you see how they're living their lifestyle. I mean, almost every person I've met through this lifestyle is so happy. Everybody I've met is just like, and we, we feel like this, and it's such a great community because everybody is connecting and everybody wants to help each other. You know, and we want to help other people too. You know, we don't want to just see the world go vegan just to see it go vegan. We want other, you want other people to feel what you feel. You want people to have that passion. You want to, people to feel that connection with other people and of course you want to help the animals as well because that's so important too that everything that's going on in you know in the meat industry is just it's just horrible so that's just educate yourself through talking to people podcasts and and documentaries because I just you know I would say that I wish somebody would have told me and somebody did and he didn't my brother didn't do it on purpose you know he just sent me that documentary and I watched it and it had an impact on me. So just because somebody may be kind of closed off to it, if they watch something, it may change their mind and it may change their life. And then that may help them change somebody else's life. So it's been one year and you've had quite an adventure in your vegan journey. Yeah. What's next? Like, what's the next, next big thing for you? That's what I'm still trying to figure out, you know, but... Uh, I didn't really have any plan going into this, you know. I started off just, I mean, the way, what I always like to say is that all I did was change what I eat. That's all I did. I watched a documentary, and I changed what I eat because I wanted to be healthier. I had no idea. I didn't, you know, when I did that, I didn't have an Instagram account, you know. I I listened to a Rich Roll podcast. He had Nimai Delgado on there, and he said, how can people find you? And he said, you know, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So I went on Instagram and Nimai Delgado was the first person I started following. And I had no idea what I was doing on Instagram, but it just, you know, it went from there. And um, I just, I want to, I really want to help other people. I want to help spread awareness. I'm starting to get a little bit more active, you know, as far as like my posts and just getting involved with things and just, just doing anything that I can. Like, I buy T-shirts from, 
you know, different companies that, uh, you know, sell them and they give back. Um, you know, I've bought T-shirts from uh, farm sanctuaries and things like that. So just doing what I can to help out and uh, kind of see where that goes and, you know, see what it develops into because I didn't, you know, I didn't ask to be on this podcast. I, you know, I was on a blog. I didn't ask to be on the blog. It just kind of, things just started happening. And, you know, I've had people tell me you... You know, the more positivity that you put out into the universe, the more things that you do and the more that you give, you know, it starts to come back to you. And, you know, I, that's kind of what has been happening. So I'm just going to keep putting out there and connecting with people and, you know, doing what I've been doing and see what see what develops. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to mention? Um, I guess, yeah, so... For somebody that starts their journey, that makes the decision to start their journey, um, one of the things that I have done some, uh, I haven't done it enough, and I need to do it more, is journal. Because there are a lot of times when, you know, I'll tell somebody about a podcast that I listened to or a documentary that I watched, or when I started eating this particular food or whatever, and I'm like, I wish I would remember when I did that, you know, or when I did this. Because going through this journey, you have so many different thoughts and emotions and feelings and connections with people. And it's, it's almost like a big roller coaster of emotions at times, too. And, and mostly good, because sometimes you just get overwhelmed with joy of like some of the things that are happening through this lifestyle, the people that you meet. And so I would just I would recommend that if you start this journey to journal as much as you can. Because I've never been a, one to journal. My best friend for years and years and years has always been trying to get me to journal. And that's just, it's kind of just, it's not my thing. But I did start journaling my running. So every time I go for a run, even if it's a few days later, I will journal my run and, you know, what, what I was thinking about and everything on that run. Um, and I did start, I did start a journal called My Plant-Based Journey. And I have put a lot of stuff in that, but I just, like I said, I haven't done it as much as I should or as much as I want to, but that would be a, a, like a huge recommendation for people is if you don't journal, at least try to, because it'll, I think looking back, you'll be like, wow, that's when that happened, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and you can kind of relate that with people. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do have one more, it kind of opened up one more question. Um, okay. With your two children, and not just the children, but the culture of your family, and like historically, we all have different cultures that we grow into, and it's a lot of times it's been um, like detrimental as far as health wise, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, so how can you? How do you think you can start? It seems like it just this shift and going to a vegan lifestyle has opened up a lot of different things that you probably weren't like you didn't think was a part of you. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, so how can you like start to just teach that to the next generations and your children and going further to where it becomes this is the culture of your family, you know? Yeah, I, for me, I, I think one of the biggest things is is just being an example for others, because my kids are around me a lot. They you know, I don't like talk about veganism, I mean, you know, like vegan, 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 you know, or, you know, you have to eat plant based and this and that. It's just I've seen them make shifts on their own just from being around me and seeing what I do and seeing the lifestyle that I'm living because I live it intentionally. You know, I don't, you know, there's no reason to hide it. 
and I'm and and they see my passion in it. I mean, my son has told me he's like, you you know, you're always taking pictures of your food. You know why you you take too many pictures? And I said, no. I said, I said, and I tell him what I do. I'm like, I take these pictures because I want to share my love of this lifestyle, which part of it is the food, and I want to share that with people because. I see people, other people's posts where they'll post something. And I'm like, oh my god, that looks so good, you know. And you comment back and forth. So, I think if we can just be, you know, live our lifestyle intentionally around other people, that that will, you know, it's like you know, you hear people talking about planting seeds, and it's so true because you can start to. I've seen a shift in people, you know, because if you if you put something, you know, if you go somewhere and you eat some, a certain thing you know, or or do certain things that sticks in their head. And so like the next time they go eat somewhere or do something, they may go, maybe I should try that instead, you know? And so I think living, living by an example and, and living intentionally, I think is really important. Well, I am so excited that we had the opportunity to connect with you and to share your story. It's like I said, you're, your enthusiasm and your your energy and your passion it's like infectious just looking at your your whole instagram page it's just like it's like a, a vegan party going on <laughs> well thank you thank so you so i appreciate yeah. you taking time out to talk to us and share your story well i thank you very much for you know asking me to come on the podcast that really means a lot so it's been it's been a good journey and and i really appreciate that Thanks again, Raphael, for coming out and sharing your story with us. And now we're going to shift into the food of the show. And today's food of the show is actually a two for one. We're going to share with you chia seeds and flax seeds. So let's start with flaxseed. Flaxseed is a great source of healthy fat, fiber, protein, and antioxidants. It also is a great source of ALA, an essential omega-3 necessary for human growth and development. Whole flaxseed can pass through our digestive systems without being processed. So this is why it's recommended that we grind the flaxseed to receive its nutritional benefits. Chia seed is the seed of a plant called Salvia hispanica. It is a relative of mint. Salvia is often used as a flowering garden plant. It is said that the word chia means strength in the Mayan language. This is reflective of how the food is used and its benefits. Chia seed is another tiny, power-packed, naturally gluten-free food full of fiber, good fat, protein, calcium, and phosphorus, amongst other nutrients. Just like flaxseed, chia seed is a great source of omega-3 fatty acids. Chia and flax seeds are both used as substitutes for eggs during baking. They can be added to oatmeal and other breakfast items. They both are used for preparation of raw dishes. You can make chia pudding for a nice nutritious breakfast, snack, or healthy dessert. So that's a quick rundown on chia seed and flaxseed. Now it's time for today's plant-based news and notes. This week, the whole internet is on fire over Kentucky Fried Chicken's vegan chicken nuggets. The whole thing sold out within six hours of being offered at an Atlanta restaurant. 
And meanwhile, the world's eyes are on the Amazon rainforest as tens of thousands of wildfires burn this year. Much of the devastation is being blamed on illegal deforestation. Cattle ranchers are clearing the land as they move in for business. In the midst of this, a lot of folks are wondering what they can do to help. And famed chef, TV host, and author Eddie Wong posted on Instagram a vow to go vegan to make a difference. In a moving manifesto, he urges others to think about how their food choices ultimately impact the planet. And switching gears, there's a movement underway to bring healthy food to hospitals across the world. A Vancouver hospital now has a super unique vegan vending machine, Veg News reports. It's filled with fresh grab-and-go meals like Buddha bowls, raw pad thai, and veggie wraps that are organic, freshly made, and delivered each day. The food and the machine is provided by the Green Mustache Cafe. And I was curious to see if what if any hospitals in the U.S. offered vegan vending machines. And I found a family-owned company called CPNJ Vending recently launched a vegan vending machine at a hospital in Indiana. The vending machines offer sweet and savory vegan snacks and drinks like kombucha, alkaline water, and sparkling beverages. And they have plans to take the machines nationwide, according to LiveKindly.com. This subject is near and dear to me because I was terrified about going to the hospital for the birth of my children because I did not know what I would be able to eat. And it's awesome to know that there are wheels turning in the movement to bring healthy food to folks who really need healing. Thank you for listening to the Plants Change My Life podcast. Please follow us at Plants Change My Life on Instagram and on Facebook. And head on over to plantschangemylife.com for more information about the show and our mission. And if you'd like to support our mission, go ahead and buy a Plants Change My Life t-shirt. We have them in white and in black. So respect and always remember, when you eat good, you reap good. Plants change my life. 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 Plants change my life.